Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey, gang. Public service announcement. Our brand new listener show league, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. And it's pretty simple. All you got to do is sign up to our listener league check out the show notes see the link check out our twitter feed the pinned tweet it'll take you to the DraftKings NC show listener league and each and every week pick a team your favorite players enter it into the league competitions and you can win all kinds of great prizes all through the season we're giving away tickets to Broncos Jags at Wembley we're giving away shirts of your favorite teams we're giving away all kinds of good merch and plenty more besides each and every week through the season. You can play against some of your show faves. You'll definitely beat me. The Guru Sandrini will be a lot tougher to take on. Propo, somewhere in between. Ben Isaacs has got a team rolling as well. We're not going to get Mike in it, but because he hates fantasy, what are you going to do? So head on over, as I say, in the show notes, the Listener League. Uh, if you head on over to Twitter, it's the pin tweet there and uh, get involved and have a lot of fun. 18 plus only. Check the website for details at begambleaware.org. Welcome to the Nakum Show. I and Mike, Monday's coming your way. Oh my goodness. So much good stuff to get into. And we may, just may, have I and Mike rapping at some stage of proceeding. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let the big man do the talking. As usual, let's get straight down to business. Week two look back with I and Mike. I and Mike. 
I am struggling, frankly, to know what to talk about. I think we, yeah, slim pickings this week. Yeah, it was a tough weekend. It was a, it was a crazy weekend, and, and Iron Mike went into his first referee rant of the season. So oh. we're, we're we're back in step. But but uh, let's you spend know, sixty minutes talking about that referee <laughs> decisions. That I you could hate. do I could oh. do that very easily. The the worst part about watching on on Red Zone, of course, is that just as you see the flag fly mm. and the announcer saying, oh, but there's a flag, they cut away. They cut away. <laughs> so you don't actually see what it's for. And sometimes you never even find out whether or not a penalty yeah, it just goes called. into the into the ether. I think they, they never used to do that, but they got so fed up with your ranting on Twitter about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't think I have that much influence with the commission. But, you know, I think this week proved that there's a really good argument for going back to a lot more contact during preseason. <laughs> yeah. Or as uh, Rich Eisen put it, is the NFL drunk uh, right now? Uh, <laughs> An ayahuasca. <laughs> there's, no. large amount, there's large amounts of that going around. Going around. Did you see the beginning of the, the Packers game where, where Aaron Rodgers introduced himself as coming from Butte Community College? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. It, I, yeah, I think Cal's too liberal for him. In fact, is Aaron Rodgers going to start pulling an iron mic and referring to himself in the third person as well? That would not I'd be surprised, I would especially like- if he's if he's disassociated on his with his ayahuasca tea and, you know, is look looking at himself from the outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's his offseason story. Now, OK, so we had the Finns down 21. The Cards were down 20. The Jets were down by two touchdowns with what, two minutes to go or whatever. So at that point, if we'd frozen time and said, I'm Mike. Iron Mike, out of these three, unlikely comebacks, which which is the most unlikely. Who, who had the most unlikely of unlikely? The Jets. I think the Jets, probably. Um, although it, you have to say in some in some ways they really earned it. And you and you didn't even mention the failed comeback by Atlanta, who were down oh, 20, yeah. 28 to three, which would have been some great poetic justice had they been able to pull to pull that one that one out. But um, you know, the Jets had uh, uh, they worked a fake punt. Mm. They recovered an onside kickoff, which, as we know, you know, in, in the modern NFL is is virtually Not impossible. There, yeah. there were three in a row onside kickoffs and the first two didn't even go 10 yards, 10 yards. not even close to 10 yards. But in both cases, the receiving team just tried to fall on the ball anyway, which is mm. only inviting trouble. You know? um, <laughs> right. and, well, Brady, we're talking Braden Mann. So he single-handedly wins punches. Braden is the man. Um, he is the man. The man. <laughs> and so he had the onside kick, the fake punk. And I was wondering what the trifecta is for a punter. Is it if you hit the jumbotron? Is that? Is that <laughs> you would have actually done that. Yeah, that, it's worth trying. <laughs> that, that's for sure. Um, yeah, that, that. What would be the trifecta for the, the fake punt? The onto, drawing the other team offside. Actually, uh, Breaker Mayfield did that. Um, in that game, they they went on fourth down to try to draw the uh, Jets mm. offside, and, and mm-hmm. Iki Awanyu went offside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You draw, you draw your own team <laughs> Only Baker would manage that. I um, mean, I, this speaks to what I said, though. Just to make a serious point, is yeah. I really think you see a lack of coaching, of fundamentals, you know, of details that have gone without of like last week, not preparing for what happens if your long snapper goes down, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff j- just seems to, you know, have fallen by the wayside a little bit. You know, on that, on those, I was, I was reflecting on that, that it was inevitably, and maybe this is the the, the typical mainstream media narrative that, that lasers in on the, the surface level stuff, but 
that's the special teams coordinator's issue, right? Or why is yeah, that? Yeah, the, but, well, it's, it's also a head. It's always it's always a head coach issue because you know, you, the head coach the head coach has to say to the special. You know, what do we do if our if our punter gets hurt? Who punts? You know, and then but should he have to? Hurt. Should he have to ask that question to his special teams coordinator? Should he sure that the positional uh, or, you, or the individual coordinator should have? The yeah, but you ha- you need to check. That's what it, that's what the you know that's what the commander in chief does. You know, mm-hmm. you, you 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 delegate, but you do have to. Check check and you do have to delegate you know it's it's like because he's the guy who's building his roster as well and it's not a major factor i mean it's not probably one half or more of the teams consider but you know you do have to have somebody on the roster who can Mm. you know at some point in practice you have to you have to do a tryout Mm. (laughs) who can long anyone here is long long snap that'll be a fun session i think right let's let's start with let's start with cards raiders then if we're going to look at the all the big comebacks um First things first, some great calls in the broadcast booth on this one. Uh, in particular, on that incredible uh, two-point conversion from Kyler, the 21-second uh, two-point conversion, uh, where he ran about 70 yards or something. Uh, about four seconds into it, the play-by-play guy said, Murray, running out of time. He was nearly running out of the stadium. Um, how is it possible? How did that happen? How did the Well, everybody's back. Either, you know, You're only rushing four. Um, so they've got they've got seven back trying to protect against it. And and interestingly, in that, too, they got a delay of game penalty right before they went for the two. So it wasn't mm-hmm. from the two, it was from the seven. Mm-hmm. But they would have got a delay of game penalty earlier, except Vegas called timeout when there was literally one second on the clock and the ball hadn't been snapped to Murray's mm-hmm. yet. So, you know, they saved them from that. But um and the problem with Kyler Murray, and this is a point I have made with you and, and you know, in my column and stuff repeatedly, is he's fantastic in the breakdown. And this was super breakdown. And the problem is getting all the other stuff, getting the consistent stuff through the game. And I think Vegas let them back in the game and then allowed breakdown to happen in the final two minutes. So as long as the receivers as long as the receivers have drawn their defenders back to the back of the end zone or, or to the side, you know, he's got a, a fairly clear path to the outside if they don't contain him. And of course mm. he's so quick inside that sometimes that contain fails even when you get to him. And that was pretty much what happened, you know, because Crosby got to him and he broke, he broke the tackle. You, you, he then has a free ride to go out, to go outside. And there was a little mite of holding going on mm. among in that sort of five on four. Con- it looked like it, it, arena football. If you remember, <laughs> if you remember yeah. arena football, you know, you weren't allowed to blitz or anything in alignment, basically just stood apart from each other dancing, you know, while the, while the play went on. Like it's an early nineties video game, basically, wasn't it? Just kind of very yeah, <laughs> basic yeah. graphics. But there was, there was a little bit of holding going on. So, so do you think ultimately then that this doesn't necessarily change much? And I'm going to ask you when we get into two of the same, same thing about two, but we know Kyler has this in him, this extraordinary ability to, to push, uh, to pull off the sensational plays like this. But is there a risk that, his career is going to be a mixture of abject in- inconsistencies. You said indifference peppered with the incredible. Um, yes. And a lot of that's up to defense, you know, and, and what you see is, is the same old thing. He, he struggles inside the pocket um, and, you know, he struggles to see, he struggles to find the right receiver to get, to, to get the ball. He's got a, you know, a wicked arm. Mm. Um, it's not quite Michael Vick. Michael Vick was, 
you know less uncomfortable in, in the pocket so so you you have to keep you have to keep him in the pocket which does the other thing is it takes away the the scramble and mm-hmm. you know he likes to go to the you know scramble and throw on the run but he was actually not very effective in this game as effective throwing on the run as you'd expect. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be a roller coaster with him, but that depends more on the defenses that he's facing. And, of course, the problem is that when you get into the, to the nitty-gritty, the playoff kind of situations, or when you're playing really good teams with really good defenses, they are able to account for you a lot better than that. But, mm. you know, um, I thought they were, you know, congrats, you know, Congratulations to them for, you know, pull, pulling out the win. And um, and they need to be that way because the last couple of years, even when they've done well, they've, they've faded at the end of the season. So they can't afford to lose these early ones. Do you, you think that uh, Kingsbury and co uh, in Kyler's film session this week will let him just watch that two-point conversion on a loop? <laughs> with that, with that cat, with that. <laughs> I, I, I really think when they go in for the film session, you know, it's like it's like Cliff has King Ralph for this week's <laughs> this week's movie. Dive, you know, King hey, Ralph. you know, yeah. Well, this this was going this was going on in in Britain. Let's watch King Ralph. You know, <laughs> King Ralph, what a great deep dive I had, Mike. That's, I bet you anything. Propo has not only not seen King Ralph, never heard of it. I'll. Uh, We'll add that to our next gen, next gen Z chat. King Ralph, love that. I think I think MI five can come and arrest you if you show it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Just one more on this. What happened to the Raider? This game uh, to the Raiders' offense in the second half because well, only three points. What went wrong? It, it, I didn't see enough of it to to figure to figure out what Arizona was doing to make to make it go wrong they they were taking Devonte Adams out as mm. as much as possible they defended Two Waller catches. they defended Waller really well after mm. Waller you know Scored. they isolated him for the touch for the touchdown but they they defended him really well i i was surprised they went away or no that they were less successful they didn't really go away from but less successful running the ball right um and that cuz i think that's not only what you want to do in the second half obviously when you're when you're protecting a lead but also because i think that's what the rest of Josh McDaniel's offense kind of works off of um r- running the ball and and in fairness i thought you also saw strengths and weaknesses in, in Carr's game as well mm-hmm. uh, and you know i would have told i would have said and I, well i've said you know they're a better team playing with a lead, but they didn't show it. Um, most teams are better playing with a lead, but but they played like a team that wasn't uncom- that wasn't comfortable with the lead. Shout out to Isaiah Simmons as well, who um, yeah, much of a line Simmons, great play, and it's those kind of plays that go a little bit under the radar when you're seeing all the sensational stuff. Yeah, and and he's maligned because he doesn't do it more often, basically, because mm-hmm. he's that talented. Um, you know, he he's one of the modern hybrid, but he's kind of like a. Um, um, Micah Parsons, mm. you know, a light. Um, but but he, his kind of reputation coming into the league was was a you know flexible player. The question was where are you going where are you going to play him you know, to get the best the best effect from him. Mm, some versatility, I guess, it's an advantage. But sometimes it, nowadays, it, yeah, yeah. And you, and you saw Jalen Ramsey at the end of the Rams game with the interception. But you know, part of the load didn't they see him there? Well, they didn't see him because he was lined up pretty much as a linebacker at the beginning of the, of the play. You know, and then they didn't expect to see a linebacker. The guy inside there, but you know, didn't have time to recognize the guy inside was Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge pay from it. Do you think Jalen Ramsey, if he was playing in this Mike McDaniel offense, would be getting 150 yards and two scores? <laughs> 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 you, 
it would be it, it would be interesting. Um, the, the best part with Jalen Ramsey is, you know, he is a shutdown corner, no question, but he does usually, at least in the last year or so, get beat <laughs> once deep, you know, especially in important games, international televised games. <laughs> and, you know, and then everybody just love it when Jalen Ramsey gets beat. Uh, Marshall on Lattimore is now ex- has now advanced to that category. For oh, me. I want to talk. Um, I would talk about that for sure. But let's go to Finn Travis next, and, and a decent secondary, of course, in in Baltimore getting absolutely torched. And Tua, uh, well, uh, certainly the the strongest start of his career, four hundred and sixty nine yards, six touchdowns. Given the the skepticism surrounding him, Mike, and his viability as a, as a top tier quarterback. One game won't change that no. whole. Well, scale, yes, it will. Is it, is it, well, <laughs> read now, read the internet. To, read the internet sure. today. But is, do you feel this is a turning point when you weigh up, weigh up the performance? So let me just let me just underpin that question okay. because you've got Waddle and Hill, two of the fastest receivers in in the league. Gasicki made an incredible catch. A couple of the balls that that two are through, people are saying, "Well, were they, one of them was was it underthrown? One of them, well, as long as it was in the area, a little bit like the whole Stafford Megatron situation. That if you've got a receiver of that caliber, he's really doing most of the heavy lifting. And as long as the quarterback is competent with the throw, then we see what happens. So a, a critic's going to weigh in on that and think. Okay, Tua had a big game, but it was mainly because of his supporting cast that he had a big game. Well, I already did, but um, I, I wouldn't exaggerate it, you know, to that extent. The, cause, because this is part of what you get with Tyreek Hill is he gets so open that you know, even though he has to wait for the ball, he's you know, the, the, <laughs> sure. the defender back, which is exactly what happened on the first touchdown. Right. What gets me is when they say, "Oh, beautiful pass from you know, right on the money." Almost <laughs> right on, but yeah, he got it there. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> but when it's right on the money, you get it there while the guy is still running downfield. Now, you know, and you think back, say, to the Super Bowl with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, the big play of the game was a 40-yarder to Tyreek that basically went straight up in the air and mm-hmm. hung there for a while and then came down. And there was still nobody near, you know, near him when, when he made the catch. And that, right. that's that's why they got him. I mean, that's what he does. And, and mm-hmm. McDaniel is showing his smarts, I think, because you see the way that they're going to be integrating he, him and Waddle into the offense, you know, the way that his version of the Shanna clan kind of offense is, is going to work. Um, and, and that's really interesting. Gesicki, remember they were going to trade him supposedly at the right. camp because he can't block right. um, and they need a tight end, you know, who can block. Um, well, he also does catch the ball. Yeah, he gets you know, you know, look, right? And, you know, you know, a lot of guys have gotten away with, <laughs> with less blocking and still had a, had a role there. So, you know, so I, th- I think that's good. They'd be better. You know, they don't they really don't have a, a, a dynamite runner yet. No. Um, Although Chase Edmonds broke off that big run that was, was yeah. instrumental, really, in the comeback. And Ed- Edmonds, Edmonds is what, you know, what the, what they're looking for um, mm. to do that. But I think they're, they're a work in progress. Um, the defense, the defense is Xavier Howard is in that class with Marshall and Lattimore too. I, I mean, you know, I said it last week. He he in once he's in the end zone, he just decides all bets are off. And you know, he he interfered with two plays in the end zone last week. Got called on one and didn't get called on the other, which was a touchdown. The, the, the hail mary, <laughs> poor Bateman. Was just again, like, yeah. you know, he's lying on the ground. He gets up. He says, "How did I get here?" You know, and and <laughs> yeah. and and um, 
and uh, Howard is is doing the old hands, you know, hands in the air, palms up to the. Ooh, wasn't me. No, Nothing. No big and, of. Yeah. And, and there was one on one at the bottom, so of course yeah. the ball was going to go there, you know. So he did everything everything he had to do to stop the ball getting to Bateman, but just the fact that it was, you know, it was. Um, illegal is is neither here nor there so i think he could, I think, he could stab trying to chase down lamar i thought i mean he showed his he showed his burners there but, <laughs> but yeah it was difficult because lamar made that final cut so slowed a bit and then made that cut to the right which was just a genius move because he could obviously sense that how was gaining on him and was about yeah. to go in for the ankles and it, that at just at the right time so he just did the one arm sweep and missed him it was brilliant from yeah. lamar what surprised me was that the, the ravens let him get behind their their defense because they're veteran smart safeties there in mm, Paul right. Johnson and you know but they're older guy they're older you know thirty two whatever but you know not not burners there and you know I, I contrasted it with last week they Hill didn't get behind the Patriots I mean they they basically sold out the the two deep to keep him to keep him there and you only had what they only got thirteen points on the offense and three of those were off you know a field goal off a turnover so. Um, I was a little surprised that Baltimore um, let them back into the game in the four, in the fourth quarter. And, yeah, and- it's a great point because it is a solid secondary, and there was a lot of uh, a lot of drawing and discussion discussion inevitably uh, between the the, the after uh, after a couple of the big scores. You wonder as well when you hear who was the who was the I think it was a rookie corner gave that really earnest interview in preseason after they played the Finns and just said, look, I, I know what Tyreek Hill's going to do. I was ready for it. I was a few yards off, but he's still just, he's just, yeah. <laughs> just in ridiculously fast. And there was speed, a sense of- speed kill. And that's what he did to Marcus Peters. You know, yeah. I, it wasn't just straight line. He made a nice move and Peters mm. is a boomer bust kind of guy. We, mm. we know. And, and then he just, he just took him up, took him apart basically. And, you know, you were right earlier. Answer earlier on, Mike was bang on because the Jets Browns at one point, uh, Cleveland's chances of winning, you know, the next gen stats uh, percentage chance of winning was ninety nine point nine at one point. Uh, so we this, I mean, Joe Flacco is an elite quarterback, you know, <laughs> yes. and now and now Wilson's supposed to come back. Is it next week? I think quarterback and, controversy. I, that's what I think. I think. I think Wilson ought to ask Joe Flacco if he has an older sister he could date. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, well, to be fair to Joe Flacco, the much maligned Flacco, he had a a, a competent day. What can we make of the Browns, given their game plan, of course, is just to stay in vague contention, I guess, until Deshaun Watson is eligible to play, based on what you've seen in the last couple of weeks? I wouldn't put the blame on Brissett. Um, Mm. I thought Brissett played pretty well. Um, You know, and... uh, I give a lot of credit to the Jets' defense, because when you have a team with Nick Chubb, you ought to be able, again, to to use up some clock time it may make things more more efficient um you know early in the game amari cooper was involved you know mm. he disappeared in the, in the second half uh in joku didn't do much in the second half you know it, it's as if they it's as if the browns were taking their foot off the pedal except the car it was one of those cars that you use in the, in the bumper car thing you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and the power was cut off it's like Chubb, Chubb had a couple of runs that were just, you know, outside runs where you see his speed and he turns the corner and then goes through in one case, goes around even more impressively, uh, the single tackler, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it, it, it's to me incredible that teams with good offensive lines like that 
you know, let that that stuff go. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, Detroit, for example, who may have the best offensive line in the league, were, were starting two subs and still gained almost 200 yards running and, you know, came out to a big lead and were able to, you know, survive a Carson Wentz kind of pseudo comeback. Um, and, but it's, 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 it's situational football, I suppose, is the best way to put it, Mm. Um, you know, and being able to play situational football when sometimes you have to adjust and not do what, you know, you you think you ought to do, but but do what the what the circumstances React. dictate. You know, there there are coaches who the, the young offensive minded geniuses also get also often get criticized because they're going down their play chart looking for the plays they like they want to call or like to call, but not considering what would be the best play to call in, in the situation. You know, um, I mean Denver. Nathaniel Hackett has, has oh, burst God, into my top four and everybody's top four after because this comes after last week. It's not a one one week to but but in the Beck the Beck fullback option play was not well executed, obviously, because the option was never there to to lateral back. It was a classic, you know, kind of old triple option kind of thing, but the first one wasn't there. Um and Beck had played pretty well at the beginning and then disappeared another guy in, in the second half. So I think they thought, well, we'll get back some case. But in third and one in that situation, if it works, everybody says, oh, what a genius. But you also mm. have Javante Williams back there. Right, who was, who was yeah. on point. I mean, it's so let's let's bring a few of those points together. Is that what we're seeing with, uh, with Hackett in this Denver offense that he's trying to be too clever for his own good? Yeah. Is it? Is yeah. it, it's also a case, I guess, that we've got to have a bit of patience that this expectation that Russell Wilson's going to go in experienced as he is to a new offense and it's going to click from from week one. Or, that is reaching if you think it's going to be like that. But is it so because it's so fragmented and static and sluggish? What kind of offense are they running? That's my question. You know, is it is it this is I, I said the danger was kind of that. You run an Aaron Rodgers style offense um, because Hackett, you know, Hackett's mm-hmm. job as quarterback coach for Green Bay is to say, what do you want to do, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> sure. um, and, you know, but but that means and, and Russell's suited for that in the sense that he's got good escapability, you know, and like so like Rodgers, he can keep plays alive and kind of throw downfield. But, in you know, in Seattle, that was their whole their whole game in the running game kind of fell by the wayside. Um so are you are you going to be running a West Coast kind of offense? You're going to be running the Shanna clan, you know, kind of kind of offense. You, you, it doesn't look like they know what they're mm. doing. And, and then Hackett doesn't make it better by, um, you know, going with a delay game penalty because he can't make up his mind. And then right. on a 54 yard field goal, which was good um, if it hadn't been for the delay and then not trying the 59 yard field goal when last week he didn't let Russell Wilson throw on fourth and seven, whatever it was, because he wanted to try a 64 yard field goal. And, and, you know, and that wasn't in Denver at altitude. Uh, it was at Seattle, you know, so, so it made, it made no sense. And, you know, and it you could about, almost, you could almost see, you could almost see the stuff the running around moves, his yeah. brain, you know, yeah. but you, but that, I mean, you're somebody who is uh, absolutely um, what, hypercritical of, ridiculous overreaction short sample size overreaction sure. so should we sure. look at that a little bit here that he is getting to grips with being a head coach he's got a brand new 
organization, a brand new quarterback as, as a result. And we're two weeks in, or actually all the years that you've watched football, are you seeing stuff here that you think, okay, this is dysfunctional. I can't imagine this is going to get better in time for them to be contenders this season. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. No. Um, You know, and I thought they played well defensively last week, you know, against Seattle. And, um, but he's got veteran coaches on his staff, you know, who, who can, who can probably help him out. Although I think the defense, the offense is what he, but you remember this goes back in my mind. And again, we've, we've talked about this, but I go back to him in Jacksonville saying, Mm -hmm. And I didn't see what made him special as an offensive coordinator, apart from the fact maybe he's Paul Hackett's son um, and, <laughs> it, and had a good, good, point. It's a good, good reputation, point. you know, as, as being a smart kid coming up and well-educated. But, you know, we never saw anything in Jacksonville that made you think, oh, this is a guy with ideas. Yeah, who knows, yeah. how, knows how to get the best out of what's not a great functional offense. That season that you and I covered loads of the Jags games, yeah. the, the one that went to the AFC Championship, sure, obviously, that as a result, they had success and you could argue success offensively with a limited quarterback like Blake Bortles. But yeah, if you'd said to us at the time, flash forward five, six years, and this guy's going to be a head coach in the NFL, he wouldn't have been on. Yeah. Where was, a, where was the evidence? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you know, it was, it was like um, just on a tangent, you know, it, it's like everybody talking about Jimmy G coming in. Um, and, and my first reaction, that was, Boy, he made that defense better. Because <laughs> the, the Niners defense played lights out, yeah, you know, yeah. after Lance, after Lance left Lance left the game after what 15 plays or something. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, but they were lights out for most of that game. And that wasn't down to Jimmy G. He but I mean, in fairness, he did what he had what he has to do. It's you know? Jimmy G all the way, isn't it? I yeah, mean, I was and, thinking that if they traded if they traded Jimmy G, then they yeah. we'd be looking at a season. The 49ers would be looking at a season of Brock Purdy. And uh, yeah. when I was looking at that, I was thinking, what is the front that's office pretty, equivalent? That's pretty good. Pretty good, <laughs> Mike. What's the front office equivalent of boy? Can I coach? <laughs> <laughs> we saw a couple of those boy. Can I coaches this time? Yeah, it's like if I was the Niner, if I was Lynch or, or Shanahan right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Jimmy G while his value is high. (laughs) We can get a draft pick for him. (laughs) If I was Jimmy G's agent, I'd be leveraging the situation. Do you think though, in all seriousness, does this, uh, and 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 desperately sad to see a a young player suffer a serious injury and Lance is out for the season, of course, and we don't know what the long-term prognosis is uh, with an injury of that type, but it's desperately sad to see it. Looking though at the 49ers and given the, um, given, as you said, that defense is, uh, has to be one of the strongest units around, does this actually improve their chances of making the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. I, I think that's that's true. Um, and whatever you think of Garoppolo, you know, and, and the spectrum of belief in Garoppolo kind of ranges from an upside of Kirk Cousins, say, mm-hmm. um, and a downside, <laughs> downside of Carson Wentz. I don't know Carson Wentz. Yeah, that's a good, probably a good, a good take on that. Um, although he doesn't have Wentz's strong arm, mm. um, but you know, I, I keep repeating the fact that they went to the NFC Championship last year with him at quarterback. They mm-hmm. went to the Super Bowl two years before that with him at quarterback. It's it's not like he was a drag on the team. You know, you could say okay. He didn't step up in those big games, but, you know, in the Rams game, if Jaquiski Tard intercepts Stafford, 
then they probably win that game. And everybody says, well, Matt Stafford, you know, crucial situations, throws mm-hmm. interceptions. <laughs> I think yeah. I think he's something like 18 and 15 touchdown interceptions since like December of last year. Something something like that. Stafford is. Yeah. 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 So, you know, so reputations can come and go easily, but he, mm. but certainly he will he will carry them better, I think, than Trey Lance would. Although the, the the sad part for Lance and and for the team is that Lance probably needed the first half of this season, mm-hmm. six games, say, to play himself into starting quality because he's so he's got so little playing time as a right. quarterback. Go, I mean, one year of college, basically, and, mm. and he's not had he's not had anything else. Um, so I, I feel sorry for him there, because basically now, unless something happens to Garoppolo or, you know, either he implodes or he gets hurt because he's he's also fragile, which is another reason why sure. they weren't they weren't sad to let him go um, or to try to let him go. Um, now. He'll come back next year in the same situation you know Mm. the job will be his but it won't be his it will be whoever they sign you know maybe they sign nobody maybe they go with purdy as his number two next year but you know lance coming off an all-season injury wouldn't you want a safety you know a plan b just in case it doesn't work out again so you know but the whole the sad part for the team and for lance is that the whole thing is going to start again he's still going to be a guy with something that he has to prove mm. they're going to franchise tag garoppolo that's what that's what they're going to do Let's, <laughs> i um, think they can't i think the i think the uh, contract prohibits them doing that mm, okay you know, uh, which is part part of the price they paid for getting him at a reasonable price mm. the other teams that we, well, I want to ask you if we should be concerned about uh, beyond uh, the struggles that um, we've already outlined, the Bengals, a team I want to get into, 0-2, six more sacks for Burrow. So he's had 12 sacks or they've had given up 12 yeah. sacks in, in two games. What's going so horribly wrong there? Yeah. Um, well, what's the good news is that's going to be if they if they keep to the same ratio, it'll be less than the all time record, <laughs> which is Carr, David Carr Houston. Is that the record? No. Oh, hold it. No, it was. Hang on. I thought it was 100. No, it was. It was. It wasn't 110, was it? He's oh, but God. he's on track. He was on track at one point for like <laughs> 110. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, the offensive line's a mess. Burroughs play is is he's he's playing almost out of desperation, it seems. Mm. Um, in other words, I'm, you know, coming to the line thinking I'm going to have to take a, a, a quick shot here. Um, not, not look, look deep, um, you know, with, with, without chase, chase is the, the thing that keeps, keeps him, um, makes them win because mm. you know you have to account for him, which takes people out of your rush, um, takes people out of, out of your defense in, in other places. Uh, Is there a but, similar argument beyond the line though, to apply to Cincinnati and, and Zach Taylor that we've just been applying to, to Denver and, and Nathaniel Hackett, that there is a lack of identity or lack of fluency. Yeah. Um, you know, people made that point. Uh, a lot of people made that point last year when it was P Ryan, in the game on the crucial run at the end of the game and he got stuffed and not, mm. not Joe Mixon. Um, it's, it's hard to see how they're using Joe Mixon 
again, and I think you're right because it, it is that same kind of, you get the sense that Taylor wants to run play 90, 93 on his, you know, I haven't done that one in two weeks. Let's run that. <laughs> sure. Whereas there might be a better design, you know, for Joe Mixon to get three yards and, and a first down or Mixon, you know, they're, they're, they're not getting, they weren't getting much out of the backfield, which is where I thought they would go when, when he, when Higgins and Boyd are your, are your receivers, you know, they didn't really, and they didn't get much from the tight ends either. I don't think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're in trouble. Um, and Dallas showed Dallas showed um, mostly what you can do when you have a really talented pass rusher who can exploit a mismatch with an individual blocker. And you, mm. if you don't adjust to that and, you know, and, and that was his big thing. And they, and of course, with him, they move him. They can move him around as well. Um, so Micah Parsons really was the MVP, I think, of that yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, you know, proper and, made that point before we started recording. And, actually, yeah. and for 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 um, for all the fun we made of Cooper Rush, you know, it's like he's had two starts. He's won them both, yeah, and, yeah, and it's yeah. all it's often the thing when a guy who's not celebrated comes back. You know, in, in that first game, the team maybe plays a bit harder for him. They always, you know, people always say the O line protects him a little bit better. The, mm. run, the running's a little bit better, but Rush, Rush looked calm. You know, yeah. did did what he was supposed to do. It's a familiarity, right? He's been there five years, and he yeah. knows it, he knows it fluent. An understated, underrated, but but prototypical backup, really. It's just familiar and confident with the offense, and isn't doesn't try and force it, and isn't asked to do too much. All right, so the uh, well, the Broncos are in trouble too, but the Bengals in particular, the Colts, the other team that uh, <laughs> teams in a in a bit of a bind right now. That, remember, and and this was a a point that's been made that in terms of slow starting, that Frank Reich uh, started zero and three last year and, and got things back on track yeah. so it, we mustn't jump to huge conclusions but also as well they were heavily banged up in the receiving call that line was banged up yesterday so it was gonna always be some uh, heavy sledding but uh how worried are you about the colts with this they have stuff? trouble winning in jacksonville too which They're i right. which i probably should have given more i picked the jags in the end but i should mm. probably should have given more you know attention to that i, I think the problem start Reich is going to be figuring out ways that he can get the best out of Matt Ryan mm. because Ryan was throwing flutter balls the whole every pass was was a touch pass even when it had to be a drill a pass that was drilled through you know and and that that um theory that his arm was done two years ago and, mm. you know they got by really seeing he got one good long throw off and he had time to do that and, uh, but that's going to be the problem you know he's he doesn't appear to have the zip on the ball that he may need to run the kind of offense that 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 Reich wants to run you know mm. it's like in theory he was a good replacement right you know you would think Reich would want he wanted Carson Wentz obviously because he knew him from Philly mm. um Rat Ryan you know could be could be Nick Foles <laughs> if right. you, uh, but Foles has more arm there I think that's probably their their First problem. The second problem. Well, that's is, a, just on that, Mike. As well, that was obviously the problem a couple of years back with Rivers, right? His arm had his arm had gone. Yeah, uh, to an extent. Yeah, and and Rivers gutted it out more. I think mm. in 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 the sense of being of of just selling his arm out really for the the middle stuff, you know, and punching mm. those in. Um, the other problem with them is that they have a Matt Eberflus defense without Matt Eberflus coaching it, and you. Know, they're they're kind of running a, a high, a, not hybrid, but they're they're 
to trying to move away from some of those concepts of, of defense built on speed and you know zone behind and, and speedy people in the in the middle to to get into the throwing lanes and all. And I think that's going to be a problem for them going going ahead too, especially if injuries if injuries mm. considered. Well, Shaq strong, was missing. The as strong well, point of that team was supposed to be the offensive line. You know, mm. that's the one, the one place where they you know, were really solid. Are you skeptical about the depth of receiving core as well, particularly with the point you just made about Matt Ryan, that if you, if and we're talking about contenders here, that Pittman's great. He wasn't featuring yesterday, of course, but if you stack him up against uh, a number of other receiving cores, Denver, uh, I mean, even, even if you look at the Raiders. Denver, and Denver didn't have Judy. He mm. got hurt, mm. um, who I think is their best, best guy, really. Um, yeah, I mean, do you, there are a lot of teams that don't have a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Washington, Wentz was care. I mean, his receivers are kind of McLaughlin makes a play. McLaurin, yeah. McLaurin, I mean, yeah, <laughs> makes a play. And that's kind of there. And then Dotson's going to be a real good mm-hmm. one. Um, you know, he's he's okay in traffic. He's, you know, he gets open, he runs good patterns. He, he seems to be pretty advanced for, for a rookie. But, but mm-hmm. you look at a lot of teams, Detroit doesn't really. Do they have a, a one, a real one? New England's got like a two and four threes, you know. Or maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah, sure. They have guys. They have guys who fit specific roles and don't do any, you know, can't do the others. And, mm. and it looked like Devontae Adams is sort of there as their designated throw the pass. He can't. He can't win. <laughs> throw the ball. He can't win to him. And then Aguilar comes through with a catch that I, you know, I, I couldn't believe. And mm. um. Uh, yeah, a really, a really good one over Kelo um, um, Witherspoon. Mm, yeah, yeah, it was Witherspoon, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean, and Witherspoon's like, I, I hate the commentary. I would probably not mind the pass in, uh, interference calls as much or non calls as much if I didn't hear the commentary. If I, mm. you know, it's like, oh, you know, a little hand fighting going on, and and I keep saying, do you try running down the field with a guy right behind you who's slapping your arms the whole time you're running down the field, and then when the ball's in the air, he's grabbing one of them, and then as the ball comes in, he, he lets go of it like that, which is exactly <laughs> what happened with Witherspoon. You know, and the only reason Aguilar made the catch was that Witherspoon was so busy trying to interfere with interfere with his arms. You know, he was going to play the ball as it got to his hands. But by playing the receiver, he missed the fact that the receiver was playing the ball, mm. you know, which is about the only thing receivers have left. <laughs> it's like that's what that was what, what Lattimore was doing. Lattimore literally mm. pushed, he literally pushed Scotty Miller out of bounds while mm. the ball was in the air. You know, mm. same thing, running down, grabbing, grabbing his arms, then he lets and then he gives him a little shot. A little nudge, yeah. Yeah. You know, on the Evans Lattimore. Scrap dust up. Is that going to be the undercard for Lev Bell, Adrian Peterson too? Because <laughs> I would, I would. Who would your money if be they on? They sign if, if, what, if the Bucks or the Saints sign Le'Veon Bell. Oh, amazing! amazing. <laughs> you know what? You know what? It, you know what? It's there. It's there for. Um, I thought that was um, Mike Evans was sort of the definition of a cheap shot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a, yeah. Kind of a running shoulder block for on a guy who's not sees you nowhere, you know, nowhere, nowhere in sight. It and Evans was, justified it saying, well, Lat- Latimer was throwing uh, punches or words to that effect, but Latimer was pushed far. Lat- I know he's giving it all this, but well, he was, gi- yeah, he was giving the, he was giving Brady the problem, and then um, Brady gave it back. Brady Fournette, sure Fournette came in to get in his face, that you know, to, yeah, to right. get to get away, and 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 then 
you know, lat, um, Evans. Came. I thought the best thing was what was Bruce Arians doing on the sideline? He was he was kind of he looked like one of the one of the uh, what do they call the the sheep herders? You know, the, yeah, he was kind of <laughs> bushwhackers, kind of, the bushwhackers, yeah, yeah, who were the sheep herders in another Back incarnation? In the day, okay. yeah, you know, he was kind of swinging his arms <laughs> up as he went went along the sidelines and say, "Let me at him, let me at him," um, and I. Just so what's he there? What's he doing down there? You know, I thought he was like a consultant, not you know, but it, it was it was a good situation. I liked the way it was handled, which mm. I mean, Sean Oculey is yeah, you know, not like, a bad. Offsetting penalties, two guys ejected. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everybody else is cool. Take care of business. <laughs> We're not going to. They could have called like twelve penalties and, and, then, let, yeah. and let them all offset. <laughs> well, on the game itself, uh, Jameis being Jameis, Jay Glazer reported before the start of the game that he's Winston's got multiple fractures in his. Yeah, back. I, so, I didn't see that till after afterwards, but that explained a lot, I think, mm. because they they weren't taking downfield shots and and he probably didn't have a lot of juice on the ball um, on the ones you know, that were intercepted. We hadn't seen that from him since a couple of years ago. Um, and we also saw the fumble where he wasn't aware. He was sort of scrambling mm. and not aware of where the, ch- the pursuit was coming from, which is what that was, you know, almost as bad that year in Tampa as the, as the uh, 30 picks. Mm. I think he lost eight fumbles that season, you know, mm. and that's a lot of turnover. So this, this was, we hadn't seen this in, you know, we didn't see it last year in the first right. half of the half of the year with him. He was playing controlled. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't throwing crazy passes. He wasn't missing guys. And I, I think a lot of that might be down to, to injury and some of it might be down to Peyton's um, calming. Pey- Peyton's calming influence, Peyton's mm. advice, um, you know, on the sidelines. Mm. That they they really played well <laughs> for with the single wing with Taysom Hill, yeah, for, sure. one, for one, play, you know, at least. But yeah, I, I think I think if he's throwing more comfortably, that's not going to be so much of a problem. Mm. They played as usual. They played really well defensively against Tampa. Uh, Dennis Allen really seems to understand how to keep Brady out of his rhythm. Mm. Um, they did hit hit him a lot. There was a lot. Of, there were a lot of kind of not. There was some ticky tacky as usual, roughing the passer calls, and then some more brutal ones. I thought that went, you know, that went uncalled, mm. um, and not not in that game necessarily, but you put just around. There's certain quarterbacks who don't seem to get the benefit of ultimate protection, um, mm. and certain rushers who get to take the extra step, um, like in Pittsburgh, say, um, to to lay. Because remember, I was watching that game. I'm thinking, well, at least the Steelers remember that Mac Jones hurt his back last week. Mm. Because they were really going out of the way to, get, yeah. to, to try get to get it. that yeah. to get that hit and just put just put him on the ground. Mm. Um, but um, you know that that game hinges based on Brady hitting Perriman on on the yeah. deep ball, and you know, and and so one one big play changes changes that game. Inevitably, there was a lot of scrutiny on Brady uh, in the build up to the game, and uh, widely reported images of him arriving. You see this arriving at the stadium, and oh, he looks gaunt, he looks haunted, he looks this, and there's a huge amount of uh, focus on Brady at the moment. Uh, and and do you I wonder that, why. Do you think that this will, uh, with a player of his experience and uh, one of the most celebrated? Uh, players of all time and has been through so much. Is it going to phase him? Is he going to be able to shuttle this out? Because it just seems to be undue. I think so. 
yeah, I think I think so. I mean, my reaction when I saw the first picture of Brady during the week was that his face was so drawn. really good. Yeah, I mean, I, he it must be a surgery because it, the shape of his face is. He looked like one of those Roswell aliens, You're right? With the pointy, you know, where the the thing goes down to a pointy chin. Yeah, um, I. I I thought my assumption when he went off for those tests was that he might have had a surgery um, on, on his face. I don't understand why, but well, plastic um, surgery. Yeah, yeah. Wow, um, I mean, I because you look at the look at the that, bones, look at the bone structure of his face, say five years ago, and his face now, and you know it, the jaw seems to be more extended. The chin seems to be. You know, I hadn't tight. even considered that. I Maybe. guess I was figuring more that he's just under undue stress and you're just looking gaunt. And uh, as a yeah. result, of I that, know really I, I would. You know, I, there was one or two. There were one or two times when he was moving, and I thought now he's moving like an older man. It was kind of mm. kind of like Robert De Niro in in The Irishman. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> sure, the, sure. The scene the scene where he beats up the grocery the grocery store guy who's touched his daughter. You know, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, or slapped his daughter, or whatever. And you know, he looks young because they've CGI'd the whole thing but when he's like trying to stomp and kick the guy he looks like a 75 year old man trying to stomp or kick somebody it's not pesci and good fellas yeah. that's for sure um let's uh wrap on sunday night football and aaron oh, i don't want to rap that's not oh come thing. on we'd love I, how about rap, i do Mike. a nice little folk song i think i'd love to hear you rap uh I, just rap what you thought went down on sunday night football um <laughs> <laughs> things uh, looking up uh, unsurprisingly for, for Rogers and Co. Based Aaron on Jones. the Panthers, I can insist. Okay. Matt Rule is top of the coach firing list. <laughs> this is great. Hot seat rapid. Carlson with a hot seat rap. Um, the, the Packers is what I want to talk about. And Aaron Jones in particular, is he going to be the focal point of this offense this season? He has to be. He's been the focal, the focal point, been the focal point of of the of the offense of the offense for ten years. I mean, you know, focal points should be the name of your folk album. That's a good. That's a good focal or, or folk bad. I yeah. may use that. Like Carlson and um, focal point. I may write that down. Can yeah, I? Maybe. Can I click the pen to write oh, it down? Click. You're okay. To thank you. Um, the um, you know, it was nice to see them go to Aaron Jones. Uh, you would like to see them go to AJ Dillon as well, you know, to to mix, keep that mix um, going fine. But even when Devontae Adams was there, Rogers is the focus of the, of the he makes the line better by, you know, by avoiding sacks and get, getting rid of the ball. Um he can spread the ball around if he's so inclined, but he often, you know, like a like a number of excellent quarterbacks we could name who are still active, like the one in in Tampa. You know, he he hesitates to throw to guys he doesn't trust mm. or, or who have, you know, not. Uh, I liked what Shane Vereen was saying um, on your on your show uh, the other day. You know about um, he's had that look from Tom Brady. Yeah. When he, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I I always withering. Use, yeah, I always use the Malcolm Floyd story as, you know, Floyd was like free agent acquisition of the week, one week at the end of the season, and then he dropped a pass and he never saw the ball again and was inactive in the playoffs. Um, we never saw him again, yeah. Yeah, but I, but yeah, I mean, Rodgers has to be the focal point. of If you're paying a guy that much money, by definition, he should be the focal point uh, of your offense. But, you know, given what they've got, he has to be, he has to make that receiving core into quality quality core and a lot of that also it's not it's not his whole responsibility but you assume by this point he's learned to live with matt lafleur's tendencies 
mm-hmm. his game his game calling um you know his game planning so that he knows kind of how he can get these guys involved but that's his his responsibility once the game starts you know lafleur again like some of these other coaches could probably do a better job of getting receivers open you know this is what i look at in not just not just the young the hot young coaches who kind of have a system that that's supposed to get the receivers open but but can they scheme them open outside those basics of of the system can new england scheme a receiver open no, mm. two weeks they haven't done it. You know, can who to thought that with Matt Patricia? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shots, you know, yeah. I mean, I understand what they're doing, but what they're doing is kind of nineteen. 19- so, I was about to say 1975. We'll go, we'll go old school. We'll go old say, school. say 1995 football. You know, it, yeah, run, right, the ball, right. run the ball, but they don't have a deep. Who's the deep guy they're going to hit? Aguilar? Mm-hmm. Can you depend? Can you depend on that? You know, I'm thinking like to the Giants teams that mm-hmm. he was the defensive coordinator on. Mm. Um, but you know, when you when you watch them when you watch them play, it, it's 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 they they've gone from a largely man to man kind of blocking scheme to more to more zone and you know so you're, you're seeing outside zone left outside zone right inside zone occasionally play action pass and and how the guy guys are all supposed to get open on their own most for the most part and they're not doing it i mean you know the they can't find John O. Smith. It's like he has the cloak of he's put on <laughs> invisibility <laughs> when he when he when he got his, got his contract Jacoby Myers is is amazing because he's got so little speed. You you wonder how they let anyone lets him get open and he gets open and, and he makes contested catches. But the other guys mm. so far, um, Kendrick Bourne's hardly playing. Devontae yeah, Adams, Devontae Adams is not has Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is basically Devontae not, Adams is playing for them. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they um he's he basically well, isn't making plays, which is what he was brought in to do because mm. he was looked at as being a playmaker, and you can see kind of why the the Dolphins didn't need him any any longer. Mm. Um, you know, and and the difference say between Devontae Adams and Devontae Parker and um, Jav- Jalen Waddle is all in speed, basically. Mm. You know, um, and Adams has to, into a sense, they need to be able to scheme these guys open in the situations, you know, where, where they where they need him. Mm. So it's it's the modern game, and uh, sometimes I think it's it's more like um, it's more like Madden than it is than it is like football, you know, and and more like basketball than it is, mm. uh, you know, to a, in a sense, you're seeing a lot of skeleton drills, um, seven and seven kind of football, which is like basketball. And, mm. and the, and the idea is you, you look for your mismatch and, mm-hmm. and you pound it. That's always yeah. been the way yeah. uh, in football. Uh, but, but now, you know, and the officiating, I think follows that same. Path. Enables it. Yeah. 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 It's more a basketball kind of officiating. Mm. Let the guys, let the guys, you know, grab each other, play, you know, let him play. And then, you know, when the guy is actually taking his shot, maybe mm. call the foul then. But, mm. in, but in uh, football, it's a little bit different because the guy doesn't have, you know, doesn't have the ball. <laughs> the shooter doesn't have the ball. He's waiting for it to come to him. It sounds like this is something you should write about for your Patreon column this week, Mike. You should drill down on that uh, that whole concept a bit more. Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash uh Mike Carlson FMT. It took me a minute. It's yeah. Monday morning. We've gone through a lot. Yeah. Incidentally, I can, uh, I can I still remember my own telephone yeah. number. Too. <laughs> I struggled, even though I've plugged that column, I don't know, about a thousand times over the last couple of years. Hey, uh, one more thing. Uh, uh, 
propos in the house. Ollie Thornton, it's gracing us with his presence today, Mike. Um, I would love to clip up because I want it as my ringtone, maybe as a regular drop on the show. What you did about three, four minutes ago, you might not even realized when you said La Fleur. Ah, <laughs> 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 thing of beauty. I want that as my ringtone. It was amazing. We will Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. Ah. <laughs> just, just, oh, God. It, it was like the look your parents give you uh, of disappointment. Which yeah, I, I, I'm good at that one. I, I, am, I, I used to get that quite a bit. I have a nice <laughs> photo of my father. Um, and I was living in Britain by that point. But I, I remember where it was taken at Jimmy at uh, Phyllis's, which was a hot dog and clam stand. And my father's like sitting at the table across from me with his hand, his chin in his hand, <laughs> looking, looking sort of sad, <laughs> kind of like I've heard this all before. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Uh, at Carlson Sports is how you follow the big man on Twitter. Uh, what was the over under on tweets during, uh, during the Sunday slate, Mike? It's funny because it, well, as you know, from the days when we used to do that uh, at talk sport, I have a lot of problems watching the games and <laughs> and tweeting at the same time because and especially when you've got red zone on because yeah. you know you Overload. if you had a game or even two games on you you have that little pause where you can do it but with red zone you don't really get the pause where you you can figure out why you're why your big finger has just pushed six, <laughs> six, six letters at the same time. <laughs> Brilliant stuff, Mike. Uh, we, uh, he is back next Monday, each and every Monday throughout the season. Of course, it is that Mike Mondays. Uh, Phoebe Schechter in the house later on this week for our preview show. We're dropping edge rush. We got uh, FFS as well for your fantasy styling. So lots coming your way this week on the NC show. Mike, look after yourself, bro. You too. Say hi to Phoebes for me. Will do. Vintage stuff as ever from Iron Mike. He's always dropping the vintage like a fine wine. He just keeps on getting better and better and better. And that Matt LaFleur, <sighs> someone, someone out there, clip it up. Because I know Propo's going to be too lazy to do that. Someone clip it up, send it to us. I want that as my ringtone for the rest of the season. As I mentioned, uh, just before we signed off with our mic, Phoebe Schechter, the great Phoebe Schechter in the house, making her season debut friend of the show. Uh, dropping by later on this week to look ahead to week three. We're getting close to London as well. Hey, speaking of which... You can win tickets to the Broncos Jags. Who doesn't want to see that Broncos offense in full swing? Broncos Jags live from Wembley. And uh, we have got hospitality tickets to give away. You've got to join our listener league over on DraftKings. We'll put the link in the show notes here now, uh, wherever you're getting a pod. There's a pinned tweet over on Twitter at the NC show. Uh, lots of stuff going out on Facebook and Instagram, still no TikTok. Uh, so you just join the league, uh, free to enter competitions every week. A daily fantasy is simple. You pick a team, enter it in. And if you win the listener league in week four, then uh, you will win the tickets. We gave away a jersey last week as well to the winner of our listener league. So lots of great prizes flying around all season long. And most importantly of all, you can prove how much more you know about fantasy than me and Propo. The great Sandridi's doing all right there, the guru. Uh, handling himself there. Speaking of which, FFS dropping later on this week as well to get you set for your fantasy week three. Edge Rush, me and Propo uh, taking care of business. Another big week for Propo. Mm, uh, mixed bag for me, but we'll get into that, I'm, sh I'm sure, on the show later on this week. So keep it here, keep it locked in. Good to have you with us, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.